Can you take a moment and give it up for all those that are watching online for the first time right now, our online campus? Welcome. We're so glad you're joining with us. And listen, if you're ever in the Dothan area, we pray that you'll come out and be a part of our services and you will be loved and supported as you show up in the house. And can you give it up for all those that are first-time guests in the building right now? Come on, give it up for them once again. God bless you. Welcome. Well, go ahead, grab your copy of God's Word if you would and say this with me. Say, I am what God's Word says I am. I can do what God's word said I can do and I can become all that God said I could be. So today I'll hear God's word. I'll receive God's word and I'll obey God's word because I love his word. Now turn to your neighbor and say, it's a celebration day. Just let them know right now. It is celebration day today. And we're launching into this series called the blessing and today we're going to talk about the blessing of generosity. What happens when we give our time and our talent and our treasure to God? You know, one of the famous passages of Scripture is that God loves a cheerful giver. And that word cheerful literally means a hilarious giver. It's almost like literally when, the, uh, when, when we're talking about the offering, it's almost like you're so excited. You're like, I can't wait for the offering. I get to give. And... Um, and, you know, you might say, well, Mark, are you ready to take another offering? I'm not going to take another offering. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's not going to take another offering. This, matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and tell him it's not about your money. It's about the heart. Yeah, it is. It's all about the heart. When it comes to the heart of God, God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. It was an extension of his love. And so when we think about the extension of God's love, if we're going to partner with him, we've got to learn to love God and love people. And if we're going to love God and love people, we need to learn how to give because that's part of the nature of God. Matter of fact, that's the proof of spiritual maturity. The proof of a, of a child that is mature is one that's willing to share his toys. Come on, somebody. And we are like grown-ups sometimes acting like children when God's blessed us with so much. How could we serve a God who's been so gracious and so good and so generous and given us so much? Take a trip to a third world country and find out how blessed you really are. You may not have the, the boat your neighbor's got or the car your, your boss has or whatever. Let me tell you something. If you've got clean drinking water, if you've got a meal today, pot, the possibility of a meal, a roof over your head, if you got a car that you're driving, you're so blessed. So blessed. And so the Bible talks about being a hilarious or a cheerful giver, not giving out of compulsion, but, but out of the overflow of the generosity of your heart, it's like God stirs it up within you. And, and today, as we talk a little bit about the generous heart of a giver, I want to explain to you that as we talk about things like even giving of our time, our talent, and our treasure, and especially money, because we can talk about giving time. People are fine with talking about it. Whether they do it or not is up to them. You know, you talk about your giving your talent. A lot of people like to be showcased in their talent, so they don't mind using their talent. But when we talk about the treasure, all of a sudden things get quiet and weird, all right? Quiet and weird. Well, guess what? As I already told you, I'm not giving, taking up an offering, and we've already done our missions pledge, so what else do you want from me? All right, we already took up all those things. So now it's about the heart. 
but, but here's what, how people get funny about money. They, you know, like, hey, that's my money. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. You say, well, wait a minute. No, I worked for it. I earned it. I got a living by it. Well, I got to ask you a couple of quick questions. First of all, who gave you the breath in your lungs to be able to get up in the morning and be able to get that work done? Who gave you the creativity in your brain to start that business? Who gave you the strength in your body to do what you do every day? Didn't that come from God in the first place? And how about this? Beyond that, I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. You can't take it with you after this life. So then it has to do more about the heart of generosity than anything else. It's about stewardship and generosity. God entrusts us with everything he gives. Everything that we have is on loan from him. And the proof of it is the rich young ruler that's found in Mark chapter 10. Go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 10. We're going to look at verse 37 for a moment in this blessing series. This rich young ruler... Comes to Jesus, says, in essence, what should I do to inherit eternal life? What should I do to be saved? He wants the formula. And, and by the way, this dude's got it all. I mean, he's rich, he's young, and he's a ruler, okay? So, I mean, the dude's got it. And he's got all this stuff. He's got all this, amassed all this wealth and all this fame and fortune. And, and, and now he's asking Jesus, so what else should I do? And Jesus says, well, you know the commands. You know, Ten Commandments. You know them do this and do that and do this and do that. And he, the rich young ruler, returns this, this information back to Jesus. All those I've done since I was a kid. You could almost sense a little bit of pride in it. Like, hey, I know what I'm doing. Been there, done that, Jesus. I got the t-shirt. Rich, young ruler. Right? <laughs> Prada or whatever, the <laughs> Gucci or whatever he had. He's got that Gucci robe, you know. He's like, see, I, I'm proving that I've done all these things. And Jesus says, okay, one thing you lack. Sell all you have and give it all to the poor. Now, interesting. Formulas and concepts, okay? I'm going to give you the difference. There are some formulas that are true about like tithing and giving and generosity and things like that. Those are biblical principles that are, that are formula. But then there's other things that have to do everything that has to do with the heart of the matter. And Jesus saw beyond his wealth, someone inside that was broken and needed restoration and his money couldn't buy it for him. Because Jesus didn't tell anybody else, go sell all you have. He didn't tell everybody that's the only way to get to heaven is sell all you have. Well, the rich young ruler goes away sad because he's unwilling to give up those things that mean so much to him, he's not willing to give up those things he wants for those things that he says he believes in. And now there's this really sad moment. And the disciples are looking at Jesus going, I can't believe that this happened. You just turned away one of the potentially best donors we've ever had in our ministry. Come on, somebody. The disciples are looking at him like, what in the world have you just done? And Jesus says, this about those who are wealthy. And sometimes when we think about rich, we think about our neighbor or the man down the street or the somebody that lives in this particular subdivision or neighborhood. But I want to tell you something. Uh, rich has everything to do <laughs> with the percentages of those of us in this room versus the percentages of the rest of the world. And in the world standards, every last one of you is super rich. 
So now I want you to put yourself in the rich young ruler's position. And now he's just been given this assignment. He chooses not to obey it. And the disciples are going, Jesus, this is terrible. This is rough. How can anybody get to heaven? Because Jesus gives an example that seems overwhelming. He says, it would be easier for a camel, you know, those big camels with those huge humps. It would be, it, it would be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they say, well, how else can this happen then? How can anybody make it to heaven? And here's Jesus' response in Mark chapter 10, verse 27, 27 Jesus looked at his disciples intently and said, without God, everybody say without God. It's utterly impossible. <laughs> but with God, everything is possible. Everybody say, everything is possible. When Michelle and I arrived here in this city uh, a little over seven years ago, God made the vision so clear. It was a four-word vision. Jesus was asked by someone that was very intelligent about the scriptures. Uh, another person that was intelligent about the scriptures said, what, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And, and Jesus basically gave the commands he was expecting them to give like the Ten Commandments, like what's the most important command to follow? And he said this, first one is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is easy and like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So love God and love people. That's where the, 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 the divine strategy of this whole ministry rests in those four words. Everything we do is connected to it. But, but what, what he was teaching us, even as we arrived here, was to be a church that reaches out. And in the process of trying to reach out to those who are broken and hurting and lost, we also realized that there were some things about this church being a 100-year-old church and the facilities uh, being, you know, in the 80s, a lot of this was constructed. And so we, we loved what God was doing, but there were things that needed to be updated. There, there was things that not only needed to be remodeled, but also repaired. There was uh, roof repairs and there was uh, issues with the walls where there was water that was leaking in. There was... There was issues. Everybody say, we all got issues. <laughs> we all got them. It needed some TLC. It needed some work. It needed some things that needed to be done. Air conditioning units. Listen, air conditioning units are the most boring but most expensive thing for churches to invest in. But how many thank God that during the summer months in July, we still have air conditioning. It's wonderful. Yeah, that's right. Now, we could do church without air conditioning. We could try, but some of you in this room would flat out just not show up. And you know who definitely wouldn't show up is people that are kind of on the fence about even going to a church in the first place, that you, you wouldn't want to even invite someone to your church if there was water pouring in the walls and water leaking through the roof and air conditioning units not working and things that might be in disarray. So in the process of that, we asked the board to begin to go through this prayerful evaluation, an individual evaluation going through the building and not sharing notes with anybody else. Just what do you think are the most important things that we need to address as it relates to updating and, and restructuring things? And they broke 
broke it down and we collectively broke it down into two manageable phases in 2017 that we brought to your attention. Two phases. The first one was the repairs and replacement and capital improvements, uh, AC units, all of those things. It was going to cost us about $300,000. Yeah, and that's phase one. Welcome to Dothan. But there was a phase two. And phase two was going to cost double that, $600,000 in technology and construction and renovation and all these different things. But the one thing that I felt so strongly from the Lord is that we launch a second campus of Dothan First, an online experience. And I, I promise you guys, there are times where I know that I'm hearing from God and sometimes it's just pizza from the night before. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. You, you wonder sometimes, is that from God or is that, is that me? But then there's some other times you know flat out, I'm 100%, this is God. And I knew that God was speaking. And yet, having been a, the, kind of the new pastor in town, one of the things that I was told by some amazing leaders and pastors from around the country is the one thing you don't do when you show up at a legacy church of almost 100 years old is on your first year, first couple of years, the last thing you want to do is get up and start a capital campaign fundraising and asking for money because they don't even know you, let alone trust you. So why are they going to give to anything you're talking about? But see, what those from the different leaders that I listened to through that time, what they didn't know about you was how awesome you were. And what they didn't know about our God was God was speaking. Against conventional wisdom, God was speaking. And he was putting us on an assignment. And, and I have to tell you, it was such an urgency I've only had this one other time in my personal life as it relates to my finances, and I'll quickly share it. I've shared it before, but there was a time where the Lord literally woke me up in the middle of the night and said, refinance your house. I I've never heard that before. I don't get like magic stars in the sky that tell me what stocks to you know, trade or whatever. I, I'm I believe that God can give and can direct and can guide and does do those things. But I'm telling you, I felt that urgency as a personally and I, Michelle, the Lord wouldn't let me go. And sure enough, I went ahead and signed those documents, did all that paperwork. And all. I didn't want to do the paperwork. The house, I, I, we already had a mortgage on it. Why do it again? I don't want to go through that again. But you know, when you, when you obey God, he, he does some stuff. Man, we closed on that, that uh, loan at 2.1 or 2.2 percent interest, the lowest it's ever been uh, in our uh, just about in our nation's history. And then immediately, 30 days later, it was a percentage point more. And 30 days later, it was a percentage point more. And those of you that know the market have seen that it just kept going up and up until now. It's like seven percent interest. Let me tell you something. God does speak, and I felt that urgency about this campaign. I didn't want to do it. I'm not a fundraiser, dude. I don't like talking about money, but I knew that God was saying, do this, Mark. But what I didn't know in 2017 was that a pandemic was on its way in 2020, and God was trying to get us prepared online so that all of us that were now outside of the local church could actually be a part by listening and participating every single week. I didn't know that, but God did. And the board of this church unanimously said, we're in support of this and this church. And forgive me for a moment while I get emotional as I hold the cards 
these faith promise cards that were laid before you in 2017. Many of you in this room that participated, and I went through the names of these cards, and 90% of the people still attend this church seven years later to the glory of God. But I watched as many of you sacrificed and sowed in and said, we'll be a part of this, Pastor. Do you know that there were people, some of the oldest in our congregation, they didn't know anything of what social media was. They didn't even know what I was talking about. They had no clue what I was talking about. Do you know that they that gave, not understanding why or how all that technology works, they just gave because they thought that that would bless and help the next generation. And do you know that there's still the faithful watchers? Even to this day, some of those are homebound today, but they are the most faithful watchers. They became the beneficiary of their faith promise. And to you, I say, thank you. Thank you for sowing in, sowing a seed. When you didn't even know what it was all about, you still sowed in because you just wanted the next generation to be touched and you wanted to leave a legacy. I remember God reminding us during the pandemic that everything was going to be okay, even when it seemed like it wasn't. But for those of you who've come in this place over the past five years or even since the pandemic, I want you to know we've been preparing for you and God was preparing for you. We didn't know that we needed to expand our borders. We didn't know that we needed to renovate things for your children. We didn't understand all the reasons why. All we knew was we were walking in obedience to God. And when he said move, we moved. And because of the faithfulness of so many in this church, and I want to take a moment because I know we celebrated Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, and that holiday and specifically that man uh, just you know, a few weeks ago. But what we were really celebrating more than just the man was the dream that he had that would encompass the whole world. I want you to know God gives dreams to human beings to go and do certain things. And sometimes it's for the greater good and not just for a new iPhone or the latest updates. Sometimes it's for the, to build the kingdom of God. And so it was here. Some of you in this room, I'll, I'll just ask it by a show of hands. How many of you um, have been here for, let's say, two years or more? Put up your hands. All right, keep them up. If it's three years or more, put it up. Four years, five years. How about seven years? Seven years, all right, number of hands went down so some, since our time, so I'd have to put my hand down, but you keep yours up if it's more than seven years. How about 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years? Come on, we got some hands still up, 50 years. Can you take a moment and give a shout of appreciation for what they did? God bless you. See, you need to understand that before you ever sat in those seats, someone thought it was a good idea to not just have padded pews, but to pay for padded pews. Come on, somebody. I mean, what good is a building? We don't need a building to have church. We shouldn't even have a building. We shouldn't even spend money on a building. Well, how, how about this? We'll all meet in the parking lot. Oh, yeah, that's right. Somebody had to pave and pay for the parking lot. We'll just do a tent. How many know somebody have to pay for that tent? I'm just telling you, there are, there are moments in life where you realize that God is creating divine strategy because he knows that he wants to expand his house 
to reach more people. And that's exactly what he's been doing over these past seven years and really from the foundation and the history of this church. And I believe that the best days of the church are right out in front of us. I believe the harvest is on its way. But you've been sowing seeds of generosity. And and among those seeds that were sown, you continued to give to missions around the world because you realized it is way more about the souls that are being saved than about brick and mortar. Let me tell you something. Buildings do not impress me. They don't. As big or as ornate as a facility gets, it is, that's not what's impressive. But is it functional to reach and meet the needs of those who need Jesus and those who need to be discipled? That's what matters to me. Discipling people is what matters to me. Somebody had a vision to say, let's build a building many years ago. Let's build a building to house the people of God so they can be discipled and trained and reach people more effectively. Someone had a vision to say, let's reach beyond the walls of this church and give of our time and our talent and our treasure to be able to reach out to people in this city. Someone else made an investment that at the time may or may not have been a significant amount, but they were preparing for you to be here. So many, not only have they given of their treasure, but they've given of their time. Do you know it takes a hundred plus people to even make this, this Sunday morning work? We couldn't do it. We, there's no way we could serve you well. You parents would hate our guts if we didn't have great children's ministries running so that your kids are well taken care of. If we just had them running around in there all by themselves, no workers, no volunteers giving of their time, man, y'all, y'all wouldn't, you wouldn't come back. And you surely wouldn't bring your friends. But somebody had the vision to say, you know, let's have children's programs and let's, have, uh, uh, let's invest in children's rooms. Let's invest in a family life center. See, someone paid the way. Someone had the heart of generosity. Someone had the heart of generosity when they've, we've served every single week uh, in Feed Dothan. And we've been feeding this city for seven years and even well before I got here. Because this vision goes way before I ever showed up here in Dothan. I promise you that. Countless ways people are reaching the lost, giving of themselves and giving to missions and sacrificing and serving to reach the lost and hurting and broken. And as long as there's even one more person left that doesn't know Jesus, we're going to keep on sowing. We're going to keep on reaching. We're going to keep on serving. We're going to keep on giving and keep on loving. Keep on pouring out our heart because that's what mature saints do. That's what believers do. Once you know the truth of God's love, you give it away. Freely we've received, Lord, freely we give. Today, I believe that God is saying, well done, good and faithful servants. I do. I believe he's looking at those that are 50-year saints and 40 and 30-year saints and 20 years and the last seven years. And even those of you who started in and said, I'm going I'm to give of myself. God says to you, well done, good and faithful servant. But I think there's a clause in there that says, but there's still more to be done. And we've just gotten started. We've just gotten started. 
I believe there's still more to do to reach the next generation and to reach this city and the surrounding regions with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. There's still still single moms that need help and encouragement. There's still businessmen that look great on the outside but are broken on the inside. They're on the brink of divorce or young children that are being raised by their grandparents because they've been taken away from mom and dad because mom and dad have a drug addiction or an abuse problem. They're still hurting people in the city. And it's the cry of God to reach out to broken couples who don't want to speak to each other anymore, to build them, to help them in their marriage, to the young person that's contemplating suicide. There's, there's still hope, my friend. His name is Jesus, and we're going to give him freely to the broken, to the hurting, to the up and outer, to the down and outer. I'm telling you, God still has a vision for this city. There's work left to be done. There's plenty more on the horizon that we have to do. And we have to learn how to sacrificially give of our lives. Mark, are you taking an offering? No. Mark, are you ready to launch into a $2.57 million campaign. What are you getting us ready for? I know you're stirring the pot for something. I, listen, I, no tricks up my sleeve. I'm telling you, I just know that if we're going to leave a legacy for the next generation and keep reaching out, there's times in life where you start to feel a little complacent. And God says, there's no room for complacency in the kingdom. Because as long as there's souls at risk, it's worth everything. It's worth Jesus dying for. My faith goal isn't just to help fill a building up or fill it up multiple times. Our goal is to reach lost people everywhere. That's what Jesus' mission was. Matter of fact, he said it very clearly in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He says, here's the knowledge you need. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And he says, then you'll be my witnesses. Everybody say, I'll be his witness. <laughs> he says, first, here in Jerusalem. So what he's saying is if Jesus was talking to the group right here, he would say, first, why don't you reach your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, your family members, those that live in this city or the Wiregrass area or the surrounding regions. And then he goes on to say it like this, and then beyond to Judea and Samaria, and then he says, and finally, everybody say finally, to the farthest places on earth. Listen, he's saying the lost have to be one everywhere, but start where you are. Start where you are. And that's exactly what you've done. You've made Dothan first. You put this city first. This name that we have on the outside of our church doesn't just have a good ring to it. We put it out there because that's part of our mission. That's our mission field. That's our vision. God, help us to reach Dothan first. Yes, we want to reach the United States of America, and we will. And yes, we want to reach everyone in the state of Alabama. That's our mission field. Yes, we want to reach everybody in the, in the world. That's our mission. But Lord, help us not overlook our neighbors and friends who desperately need the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Help us to reach Dothan 
first. Because out of that, what God says he'll do is he'll begin to pour out almost like the ripple effect. When a stone gets dropped into a pond, the ripple effects goes to the outer banks. So we've got to have something inside of us that says, Lord, help me live for others and not just for myself. We have to be promise-minded, favor-minded, blessed-minded, supply-minded people that help make this church a refuge for the hurting and the broken and the lost and the unreached. Because friends, when you make an investment in eternity of your time or your talent or your treasure, I want you to understand when you're generous with your life, it reaps blessings that are eternal, not just temporary. I wouldn't ask you to pray God, what can I do? I would instead pray, God, what can you do through me? God, with your help, what can we do to make a difference? Friends, I want you to know, those of you that haven't been here for very long, there have been prophetic words that have been spoken over this church and over its congregation for a very, very, very long time that we would be a lighthouse to this city, a city on a hill that would not be hidden, that would shout the name of Jesus, and many would come to know him as the harvest is still ripe. I want you to know there's still work to be done. Let our light shine. Let it shine. It's time to rise and shine for his light has come. It's always, I've told you this before, but I'm way more interested in building disciples than I am about building buildings. The church is not a building. It's, it's simply people. People that need Jesus. And we, we work for this shared goal, the shared ministry, the shared cause. And we pray with a shared vision, we begin to grow. Paul talked about it like this in 2 Corinthians 10, 15. He says, what we're hoping for, and by the way, this is what I'm hoping for as your pastor and as your friend, is that as your lives grow in faith, you'll play a greater part. Everybody say a greater part in the expanding work, right? To be a part of something bigger than yourself. As a congregation, we've got to learn how to help hurting people, broken people, people whose husband just walked out on them, people who just found out they have a cancer diagnosis or some sort of illness or they've just been fired or they just came here because they've been hurt in other churches or whatever their scenario is. Our arms have to be wide open to say, how can I help hurting people? That's the heartbeat of this house, to learn how to pray and to sacrifice to build the kingdom of God. I want to close with this in 1 Chronicles 29. There's this picture that David, King David back then when he was trying to build the temple in Jerusalem, they began to take up offerings and here was the biblical pattern for giving of your time and your talent and your treasure. I want to read it to you in the message, which is a paraphrase. He says, who am I, God? And who are these people that we should presume to be giving something back to you? Everything comes from you. All we're doing is giving back what we've been given from your generous hand. How many believe that? God, our God, 
all these materials, all these piles of stuff for building a house of worship for you, honoring your name. It all came from you. It was all yours in the first place. I know, dear God, that you care nothing for the surface. You want us. Just turn to your neighbor and say, he wants you. He wants you. Our true selves. And so I have given from the heart, honestly and happily, and now see all these people doing the same, giving freely and willingly. What a joy. Oh God, God of our father Abraham and Isaac and Israel, keep this generous spirit alive forever in these people always. Keep their hearts set firmly on you. With your help, God has helped us already to do great things. And I'm going to show you in just a moment a, a video that kind of captures what God's helped us to do with your assistance, not just faithfully giving, but also that your willingness to pour in your time and your talent. There was a lot of hard work that went into every detail. But more than that, I want you to understand there wasn't one thing that we put our hands to where we thought, well, this will just be cool. Don't care about cool, friends. Care about reaching a city. And by the way, at the end of this video, there's a moment where it's going to be a bit celebratory and I'll let you in on a secret. Just so you guys, some of you are a little skittish. We might pop off some party poppers, okay? I'm just letting you know. There might be a little few pops, okay? But everybody's cool and the security team has been notified, okay? No one's going to be shot, all right? But at the end of this video, I want us to stand up and celebrate what the Lord has done because it's only the beginning. Go ahead and take a Seven years ago, God called Michelle and I and our family to this amazing city and this wonderful legacy church here at Dothan First. And he gave us a divine strategy to love God and to love people. But we needed something more tangible. We needed a way to reach lost people. And so God gave us in 2017 a unique opportunity, a capital campaign that you invested in to be able to reach the world with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. That's right. And because of your generosity and your faithful obedience to God, here's what we've been able to do together with the Lord since that day. Around 600,000 people drive by our church each month. What an incredible mission field opportunity we have to minister to them through our updated LED road sign. Here we give them encouragement, our vision statement as a church, and a window into what they'll experience at Dothan First. Our cafe has experienced a major update. We also constructed a new multi-purpose room. These rooms are where our brotherhood and sisterhood, life groups, grow track, and freedom classes meet, and where discipleship and life change happens weekly. Safety and protection are imperative to us here. Since 2017, we've updated and installed a security system, new outdoor lighting to our buildings and parking lots, as well as installed indoor and outdoor security cameras all over our campus. Now our security teams monitor each room of our building and ensure that our families are enjoying each area of ministry safe and secure. 
Our impact and influence online has seen monumental growth, especially considering the difficulties that 2020 brought us. In 2019, we installed five new cameras for filming and recording our services and began streaming these services live each week. Through our social media and online streaming services, we're reaching an average of 750 families weekly for Jesus. That's over 175,000 who've participated in our online campus since the pandemic. Families are important to us here at Dothan First. We believe in the impact that church attendance has on your children and their future. Therefore, we created a family room and a mother's room where families can still enjoy the service live while caring for the needs of their children. So many families with young children are attending Dothan First that we've had to expand our Kids First Junior Wing and we have added additional classrooms, totaling six new rooms for kids age five and under to share together, play together, and grow together while learning about their Creator. Our Family Life Center has seen substantial growth and change as well. Here, we've updated the sound system, computers, lighting, and added a completely new stage design, including incredible map projection. In this room, our teenagers meet on Wednesday nights and are taught the truths of God's Word in a space that's relatable and exciting to them. While on Sunday mornings, this room transforms into a laboratory with a time machine for our elementary children to experience characters time traveling from the Bible to share their miraculous stories. Our kids also have newly updated classrooms for their Wednesday nights, girls and boys ministry Bible studies where they are taught how to build their foundation on the Word of God and trust in the Lord at all times. Since 2017 in our sanctuary, we've installed new lighting, an LED wall, projectors and screens. We've also installed a new sound system, speakers and sound paneling on the walls so everyone can clearly hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ. This is such a significant room. It's where we come together to lift high the name of Jesus in one voice. It's where his presence meets us each and every week. It's where we find hope and healing, deliverance and salvation, peace and strength and miracles. Over the past seven years, we've had hundreds of baptisms in this room and over 5,000 salvations and rededications across our campus. From Sunday mornings to youth on Wednesdays to our smallest children and kids first, God has been at work here. In total, all of these upgrades and increases in ministry capacity cost $1.1 million. But through your generosity and faithfulness, we've continued sowing significant seeds into worldwide missions. Our missions giving as a church over the last seven years has totaled $2.4 million. Thank you for partnering with us to proclaim the gospel, not just here in our city, but in every corner of the earth.
We are so blown away and so thankful for what God has done so far. We're excited. We are expected for what he has for the future of our church to do in this city. And we're not done yet. This is only the beginning. And I want you to know that it's because you've sown in, you've served, you've sacrificed to make a difference. And I want you to know, as excited as we are about all of the brick and mortar changes that have taken place here, this is all about ministry and this is all about reaching the lost. It's always been God's heart, God's vision to reach the lost at any cost. And I want you to know this is the big celebration moment. Are you ready for this? Because of your generosity and because of your faithfulness to the glory of God, we are now debt free. Wow. I want you to know this is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. You say, Mark, why are you celebrating just the brick and mortar stuff? I'm not. I'm more excited about the missions money that we've been able to give even while we were sowing in to be debt free. During the middle of a pandemic, we didn't stop giving the missions. I couldn't be more proud of a congregation, a group of people who say yes to Jesus week after week. I couldn't be more proud of a group of people that every week invite their friends and neighbors and loved ones. I couldn't be more proud of a group of people that reach out in ways that we don't even know. That you would show up at people's homes and give food away. That you'd show up at outreaches and open up the trunk of your car and make something silly just so that young kids can feel safe and come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But friends, there's so much more work left to be done. As long as there's one left, we still have work to do. And Michelle and I thought a lot about this and we thought, how could we do this symbolically? So we have the, the loan back in 2017 that we took out and we're gonna burn this thing. <laughs> we're gonna burn it. <laughs> but I felt like it would be more important than just some sort of, you know, that's a nice gesture. When we light this thing, I'm asking you to believe God for specific breakthroughs that you've been believing for. Because you know what? I realize that you've not yet seen all the miracles. I bet you if you look over the last seven years, you've seen some miracles in your life. But I realize there's some that are still waiting on a miracle. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray. And as we light this, 
It will be as symbolically as though whatever issue, whatever crisis that you're walking through, whatever thing that seems impossible, with man things are impossible, but with God all things are possible. I want it to be as though these are all the problems, all the pains, all the crisis, all the issues, and you're believing God. When we release this thing and light it on fire and put it into the middle of this kingdom builder's bucket, that it's as though God is supernaturally starting a work inside of you. Let's do this together, Shelly. She's like, you hold the paper. I don't want to give. <laughs> she knows I'm a little bit of a pyromaniac anyway, so I'm, I'm loving this. Oh, she said, and there's cupcakes at the end, which is my second favorite thing. Out in the foyer, there's cupcakes for you, for everybody. Here we go. Lord Jesus, this represents anything that sits in the way of reaching lost people. God, I pray that every dream would be met, every need would be met to the glory of God. Let's like this. Yeah. Amen. 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 I'm believing for breakthrough. I'm believing for breakthrough. Worship team, would you lead us? come back here in here and we're going to worship and we're going to pour out our hearts to God and we're going to believe God to not only give us breakthrough but even divine strategy like we've never known before I'm believing for clarity and focus like you've never had before 
and I'm believing for the answers to prayers that have been prayed over the past 5, 10, 20, 30 years of your life. I'm believing they're coming to pass in 2024. But I don't believe that God simply operates just because we kind of ask haphazardly. I believe that he responds to expectant faith. And that's what we come to God with. Trust and expectant faith. I'm going to release you with a blessing. And those that are first-time guests, uh, I'm going to dismiss some of our leaders and some of those who are greeters to head out to the the center and then to our our guest reception. It's just out the doors and to the left. Those that are first-time guests, we'd be so honored to greet you and to connect with you and give you a gift for hanging out with us. And I promise we won't pop a party popper in your ear, okay? But we're honored that you're here today. I want to release you with a blessing. But before I do, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for letting us enjoy the journey with you. Thank you for hearing from God with us. Thanks for going along this journey and allowing us to be ourselves and not somebody else. (laughs) Thanks for not forcing us to conform to be what you want us to be, but rather just allowing us to be who God wants us to be. And thank you for making it fun along the way. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your hearts and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your family, to your friends, to your coworkers, to those on your sphere of influence in social media, and especially to those in this city and in the Wiregrass area and the surrounding region. I bless you to be a blessing that we could represent Jesus well in this city. And I bless you to to serve the God of the breakthroughs with expectant faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you take a moment, give God one more praise before we go? Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. Thank you, God. Friends, we love you. God bless you. Have a Jesus-filled day, and we'll see you back here at 5 o'clock tonight. God bless you. You're dismissed.